0: Hi guys, Rob Ailing here, just to let you know that David Osgo and Craig MacDonald from Well Good Movies are going to be hosting their Endgame episode very soon, and this year they're actually going to be raising money for the RSPCA, which is the world's oldest, largest animal welfare charity, with the primary focus of rescuing, rehabilitating and rehoming or releasing animals across England and Wales. So any help and any shares is much appreciated as they hope to go into the new year having smashed a target, raising awareness for important issues like animal adoption and safety and giving money back to the RSPCA so that they can continue to do vital work. So give whatever you can, even the smallest donation really does help. Um, that's it from me. Have a cracking new year and
1: enjoy the Well Good Movies episode.
0: Okay, people, tomorrow
2: morning, it is a.m., Santa's coming Oh, Christmas isn't just a day. It's a frame of life. I made my family disappear. Put that cookie down! Now!
3: It's hey, not that far! It's not telling
1: new people! And he's my pretty! Oh, and eternity. And beyond! Look, Daddy, teacher
0: says every time a bell rings an angel gets his wings. Well, good movie!
1: hello and welcome to well good movies the podcast that gives you the movies well worth watching even when there's bumps in the sleigh i am today's santa claus delivering presents with the help of my co-host who's undoubtedly waiting for me to slip on the roof and steal my coat it's craig mcdonald what the santa claus craig the tim allen film oh, right. come on <laughs> yeah <I'm laughs> you, sorry. you basically are waiting for me to die and fall off a roof yeah i don't think (laughs) in that film he was
0: eagerly awaiting the death of santa i thought it was just like you would (laughs) jesus christ
1: i thought it was well timed there's a random uh, santa claus series now on disney plus which is a a weird world we live in now
0: yeah there's basically just everything on disney plus at this point like nothing nothing surprises me anymore just just nothing
1: everything has become a series or spin-off or another film so yeah welcome everyone to our sort of Christmas episode the Christmas special before uh, the big day and uh, our end game special which is coming up this year as well which will be coming out after Christmas so Craig are you excited obviously this is uh, a good chance to mention once again uh, our big special which we're doing and uh, it's a very special one because we are raising some money this year as well
0: yeah, I mean I'm I'm obviously looking forward to it. I mean, I don't know what I'm looking forward to more, the actual uh release of the episode and getting all the games done or the fact that I can stop talking about it cuz you have had me making adverts for this for like what last 3-4 months now. <laughs> it's I am starting to ex- I'm starting to experience the no time to die effect <laughs> where I'm just like, "Okay, can we just actually have it now?" <laughs>
1: but it's yeah the, it's, it's because it's the end game special it's like that film you know avengers end game it was just like we're just gonna give you one teaser and then you know like make you wait to i'm like nah let's just keep advertising it
0: <laughs> but yeah no i think it'll, i think it'll be good um and obviously i i feel that what we're actually trying to do is a little bit more interactive with our audience this time in that we're basically asking our audience to please give us money towards a cause that we generally quite care about and something that a lot of a lot of our guests generally care about um, in the first place, because I mean, let's face it, a lot of people have brought a lot of different animals onto this podcast. A lot of people have had us watch films about different animals in the past, so it's kind of nice to give back in that way. Um, and it's very much, it's very much something that I think, if we're able to get basically what we're looking for, I think it'll be, I think it'll be great for everyone. So, basically, yeah, once we release the links out there, guys, please support, please. Uh, give what uh, give whatever you can. Please share uh, if you're not able to, or even if you are able to, uh, just help us sort of get the word out. But also, just when the special is out, enjoy it, rate it, uh, hopefully laugh at it. Um, yeah, just all the good things that we sort of request from what is going to be undoubtedly a very chaotic episode.
1: Yeah, and uh, for anyone who doesn't know, in our last episode, we mentioned uh, the. Uh, cause that we are supporting and it has been on our socials at this stage so uh, it is the RSPCA uh, due to that kind of like link to animals and obviously they help all types of animals and they do campaigns this type uh, time of year you know obviously dogs are not just for Christmas kind of stuff you know all about adoption helping cats and wildlife and all that, that kind of stuff so uh, yeah if you can help us out just the smallest donation really helps we set ourselves an ambitious target of 250 pounds as this is our first year but you know we're going in and hopefully, you know, whether that target rises or whether it stays where it is, you know, we'll be really happy to, to hit that target and raise some money for a really important cause. So if you are able to donate, as Craig said, then just go to slash page slash wellgoodmovies. Um, Or if you go on any of our socials, I'm sure you'll find a pin to the top of the page. um, Or you'll find information on freshtakehub.com as well. So yeah, please do go give. It'll be a massive help towards us, especially before... Uh, our endgame special comes out so we can go into it with uh, some great news but uh yep yeah, on to this week's episode which is also kind of animal themed as well with the film uh, we're talking about and some of the other films uh, we've used this opportunity uh, talking about Christmas films to talk about a few Christmas shorts as this one was a bit of a shorter film that was uh, suggested to us and uh discussing uh, today's film and other shorts with us uh, we've got two guests one who is returning from a previous episode and one who's brand new so let's get to their introductions so first of all uh it is our favorite scottish editor and podcaster it's mary muñoz hello mary hello
2: thank you so much for having me back
1: oh it's uh, no, welcome back it's our pleasure i'm sure craig was a bit nervous maybe from the film that you suggested last time he's, uh, <laughs> he's still he's in getting, therapy uh, for that drama <laughs> yeah i wasn't wasn't best pleased um but i saw you kind of smiling with the whole like people have brought animals on the podcast so i know uh your cat has uh, definitely made, if not like an appearance on on recording, it was definitely trying to, I think, last time. Definitely
2: trying to last time. She also gatecrashed uh, a meeting this afternoon. Full full view of things that shouldn't be seen. Uh, so she, the, the door is <laughs> currently shut just so she doesn't do a repeat performance tonight. <laughs>
1: uh, well, uh, yeah, well, we can't, uh, can't wait to have a proper catch up with you later. Are you feeling Christmassy? How, how, are we, how are you feeling?
2: I am Mrs. Christmas. Come the weekend, my house will be covered in tartan and fairy lights. And obviously I've got my my wee son on a christmas jumper just now so i'm i'm fully ready for
1: this perfect perfect and uh okay so yeah we'll uh look forward to talking all about christmas and christmas shorts etc later on so uh next up uh, it's his first time on the podcast we're thrilled to welcome to well good movies freelance film music and tv journalist it is chris connor hello chris thanks for having me on oh, no problem no absolutely Welcome to the podcast, uh, welcome to the chaos, <laughs> and uh, same question to
3: you, are you feeling Christmassy? Yeah, I think so. Look forward to uh, a few snowballs, and uh, sort of have a Christmas-themed food and drink, be nice. Do you often
1: get the the joke or the pun of like, oh, it's Christmas, or like... Oh yeah, I <laughs> think that, that was a my Twitter one?
3: handle last year, actually. Might do that again this year.
1: Okay, well at least you've kind of embraced yeah. it. Right <laughs> on the fun. Yeah.
3: It's very much why we have you on for this episode. <laughs>
1: It's Christmas, like KM's, right, yeah. and let's look through all the Chris's. <laughs> First up, let's talk about the film we are discussing. Even though we got a few uh, smaller ones which we'll be bringing up, but there's our main film which was suggested in the last episode. So, Craig, for those who didn't catch the last episode, check it out if you haven't. Uh, for those or those who just need a reminder, what is it we're discussing and what led us here today?
0: So last episode, we managed to get my way and we got to discuss Anna and the Apocalypse, very much abandoning our last bastions of Halloween and coming very much into the Christmas season with that film. And in the end, it did get in. It did get into the movie vault. And after a strong performance in the end game by Laura, accurately pointing out which of the various, various titles that we presented were musicals and which were not, Uh, Decided to go for an unconventional choice based on one single joke made in Anna and the Apocalypse, because this is an entire film basically about that joke uh, that being Olive the Other Reindeer.
3: Here's a special look at the making of Olive the Other Reindeer.
0: The fact that I actually got to do the voice, too, on top of it was just so much fun. And I have so many dogs, and I, I I, love this character so much, and it was really fun to finally get to put all these weird noises that I hear in my house all day to some use. Yeah. Martini's kind of typecasting, you know? It's like I'm very... Um, I, 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 I very much identify with with uh, what he does and, and who he is.
2: Stand up for free enterprise. Fight the man. Buy a luxury timepiece, pooch.
3: I've played nice guys before, but I haven't um, played, ni- I usually I haven't played a nice guy with this type of problem. How are your dog chores coming? Did you bear any bones today? No, Tim. Chase any cars or cats? Afraid not. Did you even make a token attempt to tear up any flower beds? My character is a, a reindeer named Schnitzel. Who can't fly, but he can sing, and he's kind of—he's got a little bit of a—he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. You don't look like no reindeer to me, mutt.
2: Well, I am, and my name's Olive. Because of the strong lead character, uh, which is done beautifully by Drew Barrymore, Uh, she's.
0: I'm doing the visuals. Oh,
2: are you doing the audio
0: commentary, and I'm just—I'll do. Okay. The lead character, Olive. (music)
1: So Olive, the other reindeer, kind of classed as a TV movie, which has led us down uh, the kind of topic we're going to go down today. Um, It's just 45 minutes long, um, possibly out there, places like Amazon to pick up on Blu-ray and DVD, etc. But uh, we've got it on YouTube, uh, one of the few films that we've had struggled to find so far uh, on this podcast. But yeah, in terms of the details for it, Uh, The summary is when Santa cancels his annual flight because of a hurt reindeer, a young Christmas loving dog named Olive is convinced she has what it takes to get Santa's flight off the ground and save Christmas. It is directed by Steve Moore. Uh, The writers credited are J. Otto Seibold, who is like the original book writer along with Vivian Walsh Um, and then Steve Young is credited for the special itself. Quite a big, famous cast as well. Uh, You've got Drew Barrymore as Olive, Dan Castellaneta as The Postman, uh, Joe uh, Joe Pantliano, uh, Edward uh, Asner, Peter McNichol, Tim Meadows, Jay Moore, Michael Stipe, a whole host of animation alumni, which you'll have heard in many animated series, especially because Matt Groening is involved in this, who also does a voice uh, in the special um, and you hear the likes of like Billy West as well, who, you know, people know from Futurama, et cetera. So yeah, a very random choice. One of the most random ones we've definitely had. Um, but I love the fact that Laura just literally lifted the DVD copy she had of it in the last episode from when she watched it as a child. Um, but yeah, it's quite the connection from, from the previous, uh, film. Now, Craig, uh, we, say at the top of the episode that uh, we discuss the films that are well worth watching and in this circumstance if they are bumps uh, in the sleigh uh, but what would you say is the case for Olive the Other Reindeer for yourself?
0: I mean I have to classify this as a bump insofar as I don't, I figure it is a small a small interruption in our overall journey because this is, this is basically just not a film <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die on that hill this is, this is not a film
1: well, just as well, we've got plenty of other <laughs> short films to, to pad things up as well. Um, so we'll go through those. Uh, we took some suggestions from our guests as to some of their favorite uh, Christmas shorts. But, you know, it, it it does kind of feel fitting that we are talking about things like TV movies and television specials at, you know, Christmas, because they are such a big part of that, you know, seasonal time of year. So, yeah, we'll get to our thoughts all about Olive, The Other Reindeer and some other films Uh, Later on, but uh, before we uh, find out our guests' thoughts, uh, let's have uh, you know an official introduction and uh, catch up as well. So we will start with you, Chris. Uh, Please, like we said at the beginning, you know, you're freelance writer. uh, You know what? What sort of publications do you work for? What what work are you involved in?
3: Yeah, so um, I've kind of been writing about all sorts of cultural things for a few years. You know, while I was at university, and then uh, since working as well, Mary and I both uh, jump cut alumni. So we have both uh, regulars there. um, And then I've also kind of written for some nationals so the Radio Times, Enemy, Metro and Yahoo. And um, anyone else is slipping my mind, which is unbelievable. Like, And that's been mostly in the last couple of years. Because I work from home, so I have the you know the the opportunity to do this sort of stuff and covered uh, London Film Festival the last couple of years, which has been really good. And one of my suggestions I actually saw at LFF in 2021, I think it was. So I'll mention that more when we come to it.
1: And um, usually we try to find out off our guests, like, what is their kind of, obviously a lot of film buffs will be into everything. But do you have a certain favorite genre or certain type of film, you know, when it comes to, like, getting to know you as a as a film person?
3: Uh, it's a tough one. Um, I don't think so. I, th- I think it's quite a wide range that, you know, one day it could be musical, then sci-fi. The only one I'm r- not as keen on, but I still watch a he's of horror. I'm not not a mega horror person, but I'm trying to come around on that one. Because I kind of think you can't be a good film fan if you don't like, you know, a bit of everything. But yeah, um been going through more musicals lately. And I think um, Christmas, there's obviously a few good musicals um, around there as well. Singing in the Rain's is always on TV at Christmas and things like that. Um, but yeah, I think it, parents and uh, grandparents have everyone had quite wide raging taste. So I think it's kind of rubbed off.
1: And uh, lastly, Chris, we're talking about Christmas. Mm-hmm. This might be on the spot, but favorite Christmas song.
3: Oh song. Oh, uh I like the Nat King Cole one. Is that the Christmas song? Well Chestnut's Resting on uh, the fire. Christmas yeah, song, yeah. <laughs> That's probably my favourite. Um it's just perfect. And oddly I think he I heard he recorded it in July as with all good Christmas songs. So, but it still sounds great. So there you go.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, over back now to Mary. So uh, I saw you there nodding your head and smiling when we're talking about Christmas. As you said, you are Mrs. Christmas. So I'll ask you that. I'll get that question out the way. Favourite Christmas song?
2: Hey, Shaken Stevens. Merry Christmas, everyone. Just one of the best uh-huh. songs ever written. Never mind one of the best Christmas songs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fun fact, I know a guy who's
0: related to him. Oh, wow. Yeah, a guy in my friendship circle. I think he's like a great nephew. I'll have to double check the the actual connection, oh. but he, he says he runs into him every now and then at family events, usually closer to Christmas, ironically. And does
2: he sing at family events?
0: Uh, I think everyone is respectful enough to leave him okay. alone.
2: I was kind of wrangling for an invite there, but yeah, no, I love a wee bit of Shiki, Um And I love the video for that as well, because I think it's sort of like there's Santa and a sleigh, all that sort of thing. So yeah, that's that's perfect for me.
1: For me, it's like I was trying to get into the. I was sort of getting into the Christmas spirit, uh, which I have done for the past like sort of week or two. I think I was saying to Chris uh, before we recorded about like playing Christmas music in the car, etc. Recently, I think I was going through traffic and I was like, "This will chew me up." But yeah, I was listening to some more uh, on my way home tonight, and um, Merry Christmas everybody came on i was like this is just such a banger like i love that one originally by like slade but even the covers of it are really great and also the darkness like that that's that's an excellent one i know craig would definitely agree there
0: i absolutely love don't let the bells end Mm -hmm. that is a very good
1: one as well craig any others that jump out to you
0: yeah so mine's a bit more of a unconventional insofar as i don't see myself as like christmas mainstream uh I am fairly obsessed with the Wombats is this Christmas. So it's like a more like sort of modern one. Um, But it sort of like depicts my general Christmas experience, which is just lots of like power and frills. But underneath it is just a like, what am I actually doing with my life sort of message? Uh,
1: well, everyone I, I'm sure can vibe with it, especially after the last few years, et cetera. But yeah, and fits in with what we were mentioning, Wombats, in the last episode with uh, Anna and the apocalypse of the the musical vibe there as well. But yeah, Mary, now now we've got the sort of Christmas uh, stuff out of the way. Um, Just to confirm, you aren't in an Italian busy square, though, because I know you've had quite the ordeal recently.
2: I know you're going (laughs) to hate me for this. Yes, I'm sorry. A a, a stress dream. I think that's the appropriate way of, of putting it where for some bizarre reason I was in a very busy Italian town square on the night we had to record this and I couldn't hear you guys and we were breaking up and I just kept chiming in with what I thought was appropriate comments about the (laughs) film When I woke up, not joking, like really sweating that something had gone wrong. So I'm glad that, yes, I'm I'm in my house and uh, I can hear and see you.
1: thank you I felt I just had to bring it up just so like again it's one of those first in which I was like Craig we've had somebody who's like dreamt that they were in the recording <laughs> hopefully we haven't given you that many nightmares I think it's more the reverse like possibly your film choice give Craig nightmares last time
2: well I, I do believe I have ruined the word lovely for Craig so I am going to apologise for that <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean I'll be
0: fair I don't think it's necessarily you who needs to apologise more Alfred Hitchcock yeah <laughs>
2: Probably one in a long list of apologies he needs to make in fairness.
1: Well, he's still on the podcast, Mary. So I know he
2: invited me back. I can't believe
1: it. Well, yeah. I mean, we talk about the films, even
0: if there are some bumps along the way. Usually, those bumps aren't in the form of like bodies falling out of a potato (laughs) pan.
2: One of the best scenes in the film.
1: Thank you again, Mary, for joining us. And like I said, hopefully this is going to be a better experience than that dream <laughs> that you had. I think it's just the image of it. Like I think we could all relate to that. I'm just like imagining being in this busy square, and be like, especially after COVID, like all this kind of like, you know, can you hear me? Am I, is my mic on? Am I coming through? That kind of stuff. It's a definite, definite vibe. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, can't wait to talk all about uh, so some Christmas shorts and uh, talk about Olive, the other reindeer. So um, I'll just go to each of you. Um, I asked you to. Or so Christmas shorts that stood out to you, sort TV movies, short films, whichever you want to see them as. Uh, Chris, your choice was?
3: So I picked uh, Robin Robin last year's Netflix uh, Aardman, uh special, which which I just love. Um, I've seen it twice, five stars on Letterboxd. I think it's great. Um, I think it's probably actually one of my favorite. I'm a big fan of Ardman anyway, but one of my favorite things they've done in the last decade or so, because I think they've been a bit patchy, uh, since probably 2010 2011 and i think it's a good return to form for them
1: and uh mary what was that uh, you chose
2: so i picked angela's christmas uh, which is also on netflix i don't know if it's just because i come from a really big irish family that i find a lot of the humor really relatable um but yeah i think this is a really kind of there is a nice sweet message behind it as much as there is a lot of chaos that goes on as well
1: yeah so two that you can easily find on netflix and uh yeah two very unique ones as well because I guess I sort of expected more of the traditional kind of stuff and I suppose Aardman was still there even though I expected more like the wrong trousers or something like that there was still this kind of like sweet different kind of story with Angela's Christmas even though I thought that something like the snowman etc would come up so yeah I think it, it, it's a, a good variety of films that we got today um, that we're you know looking into and, and I guess just talking overall about like christmas shorts and those kind of tv movies that you know we watch um at this time of year um so going back to robin robin chris uh, you, you mentioned obviously how, how much you loved it and it was a good return to form uh, for Ardman. um you know what, what what else do you think makes it such a, a sort of standout for an actual a christmas special or like even i guess some people might say that something like wallace and gromit is like staple television would you say it's already kind of reached that level
3: um, might take a few years for it to reach, you know, the wrong trousers or a clothes show, but it's um it's very heartwarming. It's got some great voice actors attached to it, so you've got Gillian Anderson as uh, a cat and um, Richard E. Grant as a is he a magpie? A magpie. And the Akhtar as the dad mouse. And just for anyone who doesn't know, it's a story of a robin who falls out of their nest and is adopted by a mouse a family, and kind of tries to be a mouse. And so they kind of big figures sneaking in and out of people's houses, and this happens to be around Christmas. There's kind of lots of snow, and then they want to see all the stuff on the top of the the house's tree. So it's quite it's it's very fun. Kind of puts a nice spill on it, and it's a I think it's Arden's first musical as well.
1: Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that. I I don't know if it was just the fact it's on Netflix or the fact that it was Arden, but yeah, I was kind of surprised to see you know songs suddenly coming out. But what I liked about it is that it was very kind of natural to the story it wasn't like this big show number this like where everything kind of stopped and there was disbelief and characters were coming out of nowhere it kind of fit the the vibe that they were going for in time in terms of that kind of storybook element and that kind of tale and the character kind of just singing a song but in a kind of narrative way of just sort of saying the lyrics not sort of like belting them out etc um because i i guess i kind of got like there's so many of them, I can't mention them all, but um, the BBC animations they have each year, like the Gruffalo and um, all of those which come out every year with, uh, what's that one, like the mouse and the <laughs> the banded mouse and all that kind of stuff oh, every year. There's uh, like a different one on television. Highway
3: Rat or something like that, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah.
1: So I kind of got like the vibes of of those kind of like shorts and, and animated movies as well.
3: And I think they had two uh, Christmas specials, because I think there was a in the Sheep Christmas special last year as well. So they doubled up on the Christmas content last year,
1: and I'm always happy to see, uh, like you said, the fact that uh, Richard E. Grant is in this. Like, app, like he's just one of my favorite actors. He's just such a wonderful human being. If you follow me on Twitter, like he's both like heartbreaking some days when he's talking about like his his wife who sadly passed away, but then just yeah, also like just having these like videos in which he's just grinning ear to ear and he's just so happy. He also has like a one of the best moments in the Loki series. If you haven't seen him in that um you know he's fantastic in can you ever forgive me so to hear him here as well i didn't realize he was in it i was like oh, you know and, and he's just perfect for that type of character especially the way he's like you know walking around with his his wings and collecting all these items his his song was particularly you know a highlight Barry, what, what you uh checked out uh robin robin before they said you've seen it before um, yes, or was I, this the first time
2: i have seen it before because i feel like it's not christmas if you haven't watched some form of Artman. And I did, I did obviously message you a good Scottish word. Robin, Robin has me greeting quite a lot. I feel it's very, for obviously non-Scottish listeners, that just means crying. Um, I feel it's very emotional. I feel like, because I feel you can really see all the wee lines of the fell. And I feel like you almost want to reach out and just touch his little fake mouse ears. And they're such a lovely you know messaging behind it about you know maybe not fitting in and maybe embracing what makes you different and obviously that's perhaps me you know adult me projecting onto a children's program but it's it's so well done without being really saccharine which I think is obviously quite common in Christmas specials and for me one of the highlights was you know Jillian Anderson you know everyone knows everyone that has a cat knows that they are mean and fickle at the best of times and her voice work here is incredible i had such good fun watching this again
1: she pretty much was cat margaret thatcher essentially <laughs> <She> <laughs> was like, i'm just gonna do margaret thatcher as a cat
2: <laughs> but yeah was some purse thrown in that was literally yeah, it was it was brilliant though it's just it was, it's such good fun and as i say i just feel like you can really feel the warmth from it not just from the the coloring and the fact that you, you look like you can feel the felt it just there is a warmth about it it's such a nice feeling watching it i think
1: and just the fact that also, you know, we, we've talked recently about how great stop motion is with Nightmare Before Christmas, Paranorman. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the year uh, as well uh, with The Town Called Panic. So, you know, I won't start raving about stop motion again, but, you know, I think here the difference, obviously, it is like you were saying that it's like felt and it's a very much like a, a feel into it. It's a very cozy um, coziness to the film. I think the other day I saw that actually Fantastic Mr. Fox is like the highest rated uh sort of stop motion film on Letterboxd, which I thought was interesting. I guess it does make sense because Wes Anson and Fantastic Fox is, you know, especially for film lovers who probably are using that app the most, you know, uh that film very much vibes with them. But it's it's similar to that in a way. It's that idea of like the fur moving and and feeling that kind of like coziness and that that kind of real feeling and I think here with Robin Robin as well, you have that element of where's the Lego movies and Spider-Verse, I suppose, to agree with it, kind of changing the frame rates, et cetera, to make it look more like stop motion. Here, it actually is stop motion, but I felt that even more so than something like Wallace and Gromit, there was more of that nice, like, stilted effect to it. Like, it was kind of, you know, like, little set pieces that were being done by a child or... Um, like a piece of art or something i thought that that gave it a really nice quality in the sense that one of the bits that stood out to me i think is when one of the mouse children was really angry and they were like huh, and like their like little arms are like coming up and they were like i'm i'm sick of tea you know and he had like the the little gray bag and it's just the way that they like so suddenly whip between each movement that is just really endearing
3: it's genuinely really funny as well i remember seeing it at a public screening at bfi last year's london film festival and lots of kids in and everyone's um and the cast came out as well and um yeah everyone's just laughing throughout so i think it's going to be it's a family favorite for sure
1: a nice coziness to it some nice emotions mary said and and do you think the story as well takes you through those kind of like emotions
2: yeah i think so i think christmas can be a challenging time i know that obviously the the hallmark version of christmas is, is family and it's friends and it's you know everyone around each other and there's that cozy glow but I think if you feel like you don't fit in or you're you know having the challenging time Christmas can be rough right so I think that this is a really nice way of explaining that about you know finding your strengths you know leaning into what you're good at and you don't have to be the same as everyone else and you can sort of find or create your family it's not necessarily what you were born into so again this is probably adultly projecting an awful lot onto a little felt bird But I think it's, I think that's the emotion that you get from it. And that's why it does feel so, so warm. And so, yeah, so a really important message. And obviously there is like, you know, really funny stuff. Um, I I really love when Magpie learns to to sneak and he's, you know, dancing inside a sock and it's just all chaos. And, you know, there's so much noise going on. It's brilliant. But yeah, there is like a really nice message at the heart of it that I think is something that you don't often hear at Christmas. Christmas is very much the hallmark version of families. And I think this is, is a very nice alternative message
1: yeah it's definitely a very important point to to bring up because you know that was something i was thinking recently as well is i know that like there's so many people like oh it's all about family my cousins come from far away blah 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 you know but i have a very small family so i've always just been used to like you know just like two or three people around me at christmas so i think that people forget that as well it's just as you said it's like you know what you make of the holiday and it's who you spend it with whether it's just two people three people somebody's doing it through zoom etc you know there can be lots of different ways of doing that and it's nice that yeah especially a company like Ardman, which has you know done so much to kind of uh highlight you know charming kind of nice stories which can teach children and grown-ups so uh onto to angela's christmas then mary so uh you said obviously part of it was like personal for you in terms of like why you chose it but now, why would you say it's, you know, it's one that people should check out or, or a highlight?
2: Again, I think there's a really nice message blended with lots and lots of humour. Don't be put off by knowing that um, it's it's from Frank McCourt. Obviously, Angela's Ashes is very grim and it's not Christmas viewing, unless that's the type of thing that you like at Christmas. It's just a nice little story about, you know, a little girl who wants to do right at Christmas. And I think that... Um, you know the setting uh, really sort of adds to the story because there's obviously you know a lot of a lot of poverty a lot of kind of you know big sort of working class Irish community that sort of thing but it ultimately is about a little girl getting into mischief and I think Christmas in particular is the time when little kids do feel a little bit sort of more cheeky and maybe up to no good and ultimately it's a girl that sees a dolly and wants to help the dolly so it's it's good fun I think there's a lot of humor in there.
1: Yeah, I think it was not until I watched it, I was just like, "Oh, Angela's ashes." I understood because I was watching. I was like, "This is like Angela's ashes," and then I looked it up. I was like, "Oh, it's the same writer." <laughs> I was like, "Of course!" Like, so I, it made a lot more sense then once I had once I had seen that connection. Um, yeah. So, and I think that that quality comes through as well. Is where's is Robin? Robin based on like a book or anything, or is it? I don't think so. Possibly, but where's this? You can really feel. Oh, it's adapted from a book. It's that very much that idea of like it's being narrated, etc. There's that you know period element to it, which seems very novel esque. I do
0: find it a little bit weird that the the film is narrated in a way which suggests that it's narrated from the perspective of the baby Jesus.
2: Is that what you got from that? I just thought it was a sort of omniscient narrator. I didn't realise it was supposed to be the baby Jesus. He
0: he literally said, "He literally says, like, like turns out to be my mother." and the, yeah, because, the way in which it's all framed
2: because Angela is Frank's mother from Angela's Ashes so that's yeah. the
0: so I haven't seen Angela's oh, right, okay. Ashes so that's why it. the way in which the end especially sort of the way in which it obviously zooms on on the baby Jesus in the jumper which obviously I knew was going to be coming was still going to be a nice image does make it sound like it's being narrated by the wooden baby jesus and i was like wait why is this happening that would be
1: a choice
0: (laughs) i think that's why like because i messaged david when i was watching it uh something along the lines of there are elements of this that feel psychotic that's what was like sort of got me on board of that And now that makes a lot more a lot more sense it's like oh right okay um
2: sure i'm also glad that you felt familiar enough that given my last choice of film you thought Elements of psychotic. Yeah, this is definitely one that Mary's picked. She's comfortable with. This feels like her kind of Christmas movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is agree to which. Like, I understand the perspective of wanting, seeing a doll and just wanting to help the doll. The way they make her look when she does it, it makes it just look like a hypnotic effect. <laughs> just like the intense staring, and I'm like, it's a doll.
2: I just really liked it because I thought um, it was just really, really funny in the sense that you know she does take this baby Jesus doll to a pub and she's shown it around and she says what's it we're gonna wrap you up like a little holy sausage and then launches him over a a garden wall and you just sort of see this wooden baby Jesus floating through the air and coming back down like there was so much of it really really made me laugh but then I also thought there was lots of elements of it that were again quite pertinent you know she walks into to church and she sort of you can see the sort of maybe shame that she feels of her own poverty because she notices the girl in the nice coat with the nice baby doll and yeah, again, there's elements of it that are really, really funny, but also kind of maybe sort of messaging behind it about how difficult this time of year can be for for families. I guess.
0: Yeah, especially the the actual flashback scene to her birth and the entire story behind that, and the idea of just wanting just wanting a warm place. It is quite tragic.
2: Yeah, there's definitely it's almost sort of Le miserable style of you know stealing the coal just to to keep the the family warm and to bring a baby into a warm house. Um, but I think it, it balances both quite quite nicely. I think I was just in a sort of banshees of initiating thing where I was like, oh, Iris humor is the best. Let's watch Angela's Christmas. <laughs> so I think that's where it's at. It does balance that really nice melancholy with, you know, lots of fun.
1: Yeah, and I think that's important to highlight, you know, is the fact that it's not always doom and gloom is, you know, you can have those stories which are like, oh, this is so like depressing and stuff. But, you know, people who are in those dark situations can, you know, can have that sense of humor to try and get them through those situations or just, they, they don't know anything else bar that. And, you know, those characters can still be relatable and enjoyable. You know, it doesn't have, they don't have to be defined by that one element. Like, oh, she's poor. Like that's her character. She is poor. It's like, you know, which again makes sense why it comes from, Uh, You know the author of Angela's Ashes because again it's talking from like more personal experiences etc. But yeah, I found that element funny—the fact that the fact that the way they were referring to the baby Jesus, like she's like, "Oh, Angela's got baby Jesus in her bedroom," and then the fact that the mother's just like, "Oh, Jesus," (laughs) I was just like, "Touche!" Thank you for thank you film for doing that joke.
2: (laughs) It was it was very good, and I particularly appreciated the two. Old people who are in the church that think the baby Jesus has sneezed and then blessed them, and they're arguing outside as to who the baby Jesus was actually blessing. That really did make me chuckle as well.
1: I thought that was actually where the film was going. I was like, "Is this what the storyline is going to be? That like these people or like are going to be convinced that the Jesus has come alive or something like that? That like it was going to be a whole like uh, the girl tricking the the church or the, the town or something." But no. But yeah, I I also liked when she threw it over the wall and she was just like, what are you doing, baby Jesus? That's not, no way to do this. It's just, yeah, it was a typical kind of like child's reaction and the way they interacted with it was great. And I think what, you know, even for, I don't know, like the budget of it, et cetera, but I think that it does show, again, what you can do with, you know, a more basic animation. I think that's the only thing I think that kind of like holds it back and is is unfortunate that, like you said, Mary, that they've got those like strong themes of like showing you know poverty and you know her like seeing other children and then the humor with you know the baby jesus stuff i was kind of like watching it thinking like oh if if only they were able to present this in just like a non kind of like oh just 3d disney looking animation i was it kind is, of thinking like it's quite
2: basic especially when you i mean i watched robin robin and angela's christmas back to back and then i watched robin robin first and obviously it's I mean, obviously completely different styles of animation but it did make me feel like angela's christmas having watched it again seems almost a bit flat. And just a bit basic, but it's
1: still entertaining enough. Yeah, and I think even whether it's just because of like the Irish connection, I think you think of like cartoons saloon where you think like, even though again it might be unfair to say like, oh well they can do it, why can't you? I think it's just that element of just if you want to get across certain themes or stories, then that can be done really effectively. You can buy into it more when it is a different form of animation or something which is a bit more unique, whereas when it is just like, oh, this looks the same as every other 3D animation, it's a bit harder to buy into some of those ideas or themes, I think, as much. But that's, I think, where the strength of it is through the voice cast, the writing, the music, uh, which sort of sell that a lot more. now we'll go on to olive the other reindeer which is our main film this week uh, which is uh, yeah such a choice such an interesting one uh, as i said earlier this was from 1999 so yeah tv movie really weird just to start off to see something as well which had the like 20th century fox logo at the end like the t- you know the television one and it had the same like production company with like the droplets which is in things like futurama etc um And yeah, this has a very unique style of animation. It's this kind of like 2D, 3D-ish, like hybrid, um, very of the time, as I said earlier, quite a big sort of like voice cast uh, in it. And yeah, there's obviously questions as to whether it qualifies as a film as well, uh, which we were discussing. So uh should we start? so chris what was your reaction when i suggested this and um, what was your first I mean, reaction to the film
3: when i was watching it, i was like what is this because because he said the animation is so uh unlike anything you get now it feels very and the whole tone and the humor and some of the casting feels very of its time like um michael stipe obviously the singer from rem and he gets to do a song as well so i was like well that's obviously if people are watching it now they might be like what's this you know um and uh Joe, oh, I'm going to butcher his surname, apologies, Pantoliano, Um, from, you know, like the Sopranos and Memento as well, again, was a big name at the time. And it, it was just, I don't know if, I can't tell if I liked it or not, because I was, I was enjoying it enough, but I was like, this is just so odd, and, and it feels quite adult as well, um, in terms of the humour. I'm, I'm not sure what the target demographic for it was at the time, um, because it's like Round John Virgin, is he the bar the bartender owner, you know, like it's obviously quite an adult joke, but yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was interesting, I'll say that.
1: <laughs> it's definitely of, like you said, if it vibes with the kind of, you know, Matt Gray and The Simpsons, Futurama kind of stuff, but as you said, then it's also this cuddly Christmas film, and you're just like, who is this for? Especially the fact that, like, Laura, I think, watched it at a young age, and she had the DVD, and even the DVD is kind of sold as, like, this kind of, you know, kids' Christmas film that you buy, you know, like... Uh, On the Shelf at Tesco, etc. And I think I vaguely remember maybe seeing it and thinking, what is this? And it kind of reminds me of like when you see uh, those films, you know, in bargain bins, etc. Which are just like man in the air of balloons. And it's like, you know, this like knockoff film of like Up or something like that. And, you know, when you get those kind of weird, yeah knockoffs essentially but this was something completely original it wasn't that it wasn't just kind of like going oh like you know rudolph you know rudolph's cousin or something like you know johnny the reindeer or anything like that it maybe it first appears like that when you just hear the name but when you actually watch it you're like oh no there's actually some you know decent jokes in here there's some decent writing but as you said chris it was like but who is it for i don't know and i think even the fact that yes, yeah, like Drew Barrymore I was just like I can understand maybe even everyone else like Dan Castellaneta you know coming on board cuz the, the connections through animation but why did Drew Barrymore feel like yeah this is this is the film I need to do
0: I also felt her performance for me just sold what I thought it was which was just to me it felt insanely preschool and cuz like she she had a way of performing her protagonist was just everything was so overly sort of positive and like go get attitude and i was just like this isn't dora the explorer can you just tone it down a bit and actually have character not just be like i'm going to the north pole i'm going to do this i'm it's like dude please even like when she thought that the owner was like going to abandon her and get another dog she was just like oh no what am i going to do it's just like come on <laughs>
1: Yeah, it did come across as that kind of like very Dora Barney kind of like approach to it in that sense. And again, that's where it's confusing as to who this film is made for. And and I think there's like allusions to where you feel this film is going to go. Like when she's singing at the beginning and like the uh, the mail truck like comes up, like right up to it. The way it was like building up to that, I was like, oh, is this the kind of like, oh, you think it's a happy story? And then suddenly she gets hit by a, by a van or something. It's almost like they were building up to these dark jokes or something. And then they never happen. And you're like oh, okay, so, you know, what is this meant to be? But, yeah, it, it it's such a strange one and the look of it and the animation style. Mary, what, what was your reaction?
2: I still don't know if I was on not enough medication or too much because <laughs> it was like, you know when you go back and you look at, like, a really, really old PlayStation game or something and then you're just... I feel like there's that kind of thing. It's like swimming around in your peripheral vision. Obviously, things look strange at odd angles. And certainly you were getting that with the with the faces here because they were sort of shaped like the letter E and everything was just really weird. I, I yeah, I don't know who this was for. Like, it's almost not like, because I always think of like, you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I watched that as a little girl and loved it because it was big and it was colourful. Then watched it as an adult and went, oh, this is really inappropriate for children. And I guess there's an element of that. But at the same time as an adult watching that, um, I won't lie. I wanted terrible things to happen to Olive because her peppiness or whatever you want to call it was grating on my nerves after about 10-15 minutes.
1: <laughs> so you wanted the the van to to go full pelt as sure, I
2: was, I was like, possibly expecting. <laughs> the gas dude to do all a fever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly thought there was going to be a moment where she does plummet out of the sky. And my my genuine question is like i will accept the logic of get those like cardboard wings and flap i will accept that as logic for why the dog can fly what i won't accept is how does the dog start flying with like the running what what happens like i i you have to have some rules here guys come please please just give me something
1: yeah because before that i was like how how is this happening is there magic i, I didn't quite understand but
0: they never explain it. She's it's just struggling and then eventually it's just like, oh look, it's happening. It's like
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> I think she was powered by sheer optimism. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's yeah. that's what I thought. I was like, is there some message of like you could do anything if you believe in it? And I was like, well, where was that for this entire film? On that idea of like, oh, you want bad things to happen or like dark darker avenues to go down i had a similar reaction with the letters the santa had like when he was like oh kids just aren't interested these days and when he was just like look at this one it's just like i hate you santa and all this and i thought that i didn't make the connection yet that that was the mailman and i was like oh wow what a great commentary on like modern children in society wouldn't that be great and the fact that one of them was just like you're fat and overweight and you're an old man and i was like when he was like that wasn't from the children that was from the ki- from the mailman and i was like i kind of want it to be from the children is that weird to, to actually be like no, there's a defined I, I naughty I nice you. list you know
0: <laughs> i agree with you i think it would be great if there was some gen if there was genuinely some attitude of people just being well, not even just like overly mean like that but just sort of entitled what i'm more surprised of david is you didn't know that those letters were fake like the moment you
2: saw them <laughs> it's not as if the mailman wasn't set up to be like a snarling villain from the
0: office <laughs> <laughs> i was know very yeah. clear It was just like i hate christmas because i have how much work it gives me although i will say for somebody who hates work puts in an awful lot of effort to to try to stop
1: more work for himself. I just love his commitment to be like, this dog is trying to save Christmas and like replace a reindeer by being the other, the, the replacement flying reindeer. I must stop this dog. Not being like, why don't you like put this effort into just stopping Santa?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, just get a bazooka, wait it out, and just
0: take him out. Because all you're doing, mate, is stopping Christmas from happening this year. Think big. Go, like, ambitious with your plans.
1: We did say in the Nightmare Before Christmas episode, I was, like, I was amazed at the the jump that they make when they're suddenly, like, right, get the cannons, gun down, you know, jack skeleton out to the sky. <laughs> it was, like, that That could have happened to you just just as easily, I guess. But, yeah, there's, there's just so many strange moments, like... The Pet flea, and again, there's there's uh, there's mixes of like, oh, okay, that's a, like a decent joke. Like, there was the bit where she was like, oh, I'm just switching between the radio stations, and then they're like, oh, what's this? She was like, oh, this is the high pitch station for dogs, and I was like, that's a decent joke, that's quite funny, but again, I it just was randomly thrown in there, kind of thing. But why the flea was kind of like, oh, I need to make you think that your owner hates you, so when he was there outside the door and was just like, let's have a lovely Christmas, he said, and he was just there, like he's saying he never wants to see you again and he's going to get another dog. And I was like, where is this coming from? Why Why is this like hatred of this man? But also this kind of like, yeah, this is what I want you to do. And I'm going to like do it, go about it in like a bad way and like never really felt the repercussions of it.
2: But I also just thought there was quite a disconnect between like, obviously that was maybe meant to be like a bad lip reading joke. And either, I, again, like I said, wasn't sure if it was, too much meds or not enough but i felt like i didn't really understand the leap from okay well if my owner's going to get rid of me i'm going to become the other reindeer and save christmas because then he'll never get rid of me i didn't really get that either was that explained did i miss it yeah
0: it's about as much explanation that he's ever sort of suggested
1: you know i'll give it to them like the you know all of the other reindeer, like to olive the uh, the reindeer. I was like that. That's quite clever, just in his concept. I don't know if that was the the initial pitch. Like we need to run with this and make an entire TV special out of it. But I was like, uh, you know, I th- I think that quite worked. But again, the story should have been maybe more interesting in that you know they get there and there's that kind of realization of like oh no you completely misheard this and like crash to earth kind of moment of like you cannot fly you cannot do this not just like oh sorry you misheard that okay, well, let's just go with it anyway. <laughs> I guess the, like, book element comes, you know, in the fact that it does look kind of like a storybook brought to life, the look of it, I thought, was interesting, and like I said, it is a bit dated now, and it reminds me of, again, those kind of, like, videos, DVDs you would have as, as a child, and they'd be, like, different, you know, forms of animation used to try and tell these kind of, like, kids' stories in budget you know like low budget ways or you know different kind of ways or trying to be like something being like oh we'll try and mimic the magic roundabout or try and mimic this you know this famous uh animation or like disney film etc but here i was like i don't even know what you're trying to mimic i think you're just trying to be original or different maybe the simpsons approach of being like it looks so kind of ugly that it'll be attractive (laughs) but and maybe in that time of like 3d animation was becoming bigger there was a bit more experimentation going on but it was interesting you brought up Mary, like, PlayStation, because I was like, yeah, it, in one way it feels like a game cut scene, like when you have characters which are just, like, rigidly there, like, you must do this, and then you must go there, and it's this strange, like, interactions of characters with speech bubbles. So you could almost imagine yourself running around as Olive and speaking to these different characters. But it reminded me of, like, um, when I was young, when, like, PCs were becoming like a bigger thing which makes me like sound really old but when it was like that the family computer and you would have like a big pack of games like say there'd be like 90 games on one disc or something and on uh I had it had like an art attack like movie cartoon maker thing and it'd be like little move-in people and like little astronauts and stuff and you could make like a little short like animation uh with these little like moving characters and backgrounds and stuff. And there's a few things like that, like in that kind of era, that 1999, 2000s era of being like, hey, you know, movie making for kids, like the Lego movie makers and things like that. It seems to be of that era in which they're like trying to find accessible, fun ways for kids to use computers and put together little animations and stuff like that. That's what it reminded me of. To be honest,
0: I it felt like at times I it felt like I was watching a friend's submission for like uh, an animation degree sort of. Like showcase, and it felt like I just needed to pull them aside at times to be like, "You, you, you sure you're going to pass your degree, mate? Like, um, you can be a bit more ambitious with this because I think the art style is interesting. Apart from the fact that it just absorbs a lot of characters from like their ability to emote, like the eyes on Olive, especially just being sort of like just so they're just dots, right?" Like no eyebrows, just dots. Just cannot emote for anything. It's just odd. It's just really odd.
2: I don't know if that's like what you're saying about the the lack of emoting, sort of you know from the eyes or whatever. I don't know if that's where the vocal performance then comes from because it is. It feels really like static. It's just it doesn't deviate from this like super earnest, super over the top, and maybe that's kind of what they were going for. But it's it's just so so grating. <laughs> And I don't know if that's just because obviously I'm a a dear Scotsman, but I think that level of positivity was just, it was very much wearing me down.
1: (laughs) I guess that's why the mailman in some ways is one of the most entertaining ones, because I felt like the animation kind of suited him the most in which he was kind of like his mouth with the way he was like flapping around. And when they would attack him and stuff, you know, the you know the way he would go like ah and all this kind of stuff it kind of fitted and even his song I kind of found like quite funny you know the fact that he would be like bar bug and hum I was just like okay it's different you know it's just the way he was saying it and I, I guess that Dan Castellaneta is able to sell that performance a lot more and I felt that his movements and his character really came through a lot more than any other character really
0: See, I just heard him, and I was just like, "All I can hear is Robot Devil from Futurama." That's literally all I could hear.
3: I was just going to say the um, animation for the postman r- reminds me a bit of the Pink Panther cartoons, a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, but I think the the tone for the characters is so kind of Olive's of obviously this kind of overly pes- um, pessimistic, ot- optimistic uh, person, and then the mafia is that his name? The penguin was was like martini his name uh, martini that was it along the right lines um i'd love it if
0: his name was mafia yeah. that <laughs> would be such an interesting take have,
3: yeah um martini he reminded me of and i know it's before this but the penguins from, from madagascar obviously yeah, yeah and i was like is that an influence on them in some way i don't know um because i said about kind of, online you know,
1: games maybe his pe- club penguin <laughs> Oh
3: yeah. so i've enjoyed martini because i like joe manzoliano you know and, and i was like oh, straight away is the guy from Memento and The Sopranos and all that kind of stuff. So he kind of fitted what he was going for. Um, but again, it just felt like he was in a different project to everyone else in terms of like the brand of humour and storyline and things like that.
1: And obviously Edward Asner has been in a lot of things, you know, television, films, etc. But And it's not their fault that he was then, you know, Carl fredrickson signing up, but it was extremely distracting watching it after seeing up being like oh that's not santa that's carl frederickson you know which is you know, such an endearing old character. And I guess it goes back to then what we were saying about like embracing the cynical stuff. I was just like, I want him to be like grumpy Santa. Like he is in up, you know, the kind of like, go away. I don't want you to be involved kind of aspect, <laughs> but yeah, definitely, definitely an interesting one with all of the reindeer. Um, and yeah, and it was funny as well. Cause I think even Laura said like, Oh, my parents hated this film when I would put it on, they really disliked it. And I'm the only person who like liked it, et cetera. So yeah, it's, uh, definitely a vibe in which people like are very uh polarized on their opinions about it and it's 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 definitely a unique one and has such a a mix of yeah as you said good jokes good you know voice actors and stuff but then but just such a strange story and such a yeah sickening optimism sometimes
0: this is a direct message that goes out to laura's parents i am sorry and i feel for you (laughs) Okay, so take those cassettes, rewind them and play them again cuz it's VHS corner. So there's not a lot of uh behind the scenes about this film for reasons I couldn't fathom to tell you. Maybe it's because, you know, it's not a film so not many people give a give a damn to sort of research this. Uh however, there are a few things, mostly these are sort of easter eggs that are posted for, uh posted throughout uh throughout the film uh that I think is probably good to sort of Uh, point out so here are a couple of the things that i was able to find so at the bus at the bus depot um the death the destinations for uh for all the places the other buses would be going uh were all sacred uh sacred religious cities um or sites so arrivals were bethlehem the ganges river jerusalem and departures was mecca salt lake city uh, and Los Angeles, so obviously they all have a uh, corresponding re- uh, religion uh, assigned to them. So it's also nice that this film was uh, happy to recognise Mormons as well. Uh, before you know, Book of Mormon really made them a thing to put them on the map. Mm-hmm. So obviously, uh, Dan Castellaneta being in this film uh, being heavy related to Matt Groening because obviously working on The Simpsons. Uh, so there is actually a, a Simpsons Easter egg in this in this movie um so in the scene where you see like i think during one of the songs you see a load of falling letters they are all addressed to bart simpson a couple of other popular uh pop culture characters appear in this film believe it or not uh in the diner during the bus layover you can briefly sleep you could briefly but clearly see captain kirk dr mccoy spock and scotty from star trek all sitting in a table in the upper hand left of the shot so, this film is taking us into some bold places. Some would say a new frontier. The final thing, then, uh, to generally talk about is still talking about Dan uh Postman. So, a couple of extra uh, extra things of him. Specifically, uh, the style of performance that Castellaneta went for with regards to the Postman specifically was trying to mimic Vincent Price. Um, Which I think is fair, but like I said, for me it's just he just did his performance from Robot Devil um, again for this role, um, which makes sense considering that there's also a sort of theological link in this film. Because everyone will have noticed in the scene where uh, Olive is locked up in the the van uh, there is a gift to her delivered by Deus Ex Machina. Obviously we're all filmies, we all know what that term means but for those of you at home that don't deus ex machina is very much device from God, or basically like a plot convenience that basically just allows something to happen. So the fact that the film was very much uh, willing to do this, uh, specifically the Latin is uh, God out of the machine, which basic, which basically I think is actually quite a clever nod uh, to the ways in which story contrivances, especially in something like this, tend to happen in the first place. Whether or not that's enough for me to sort of come round to this film and fully respect, I don't know, but that's everything that I was able to find out about all of the other reindeer.
1: I guess unsurprising, like lots of uh, Easter eggs uh, in there and a lot of trivia to do with the creatives, which, you know, are, are quite high profile. Um, I'm not surprised too much about the Vincent Price aspect because my mind didn't actually go to the robot devil straight away. My mind went to oh, which Simpson character voice is this that I've heard this before? And I knew it was a kind of weird niche one. And I think it's when Vincent Price is in like one of the Simpson jokes and it's Dan Castellaneta doing that kind of over-the-top voice. So possibly that's where I had heard it
2: before. <laughs> there's just, there's so much going on and none of it actually seems like it's all combining to make one film. <laughs> there, it's just, it, there's just a random, and even that, I didn't obviously catch the the spot and all that set in the cafeteria. the the cafeteria. what? Why why is that
1: there? They do quite often like to reference Star Trek with like I remember in The Simpsons and they were like so very tired, you know, that one where they're like sort of commenting on the age of the Star Trek actors. And I think even at that time you're like what a weird niche kind of joke reference to make. So and of course Futurama very much like paying tribute to Star Trek. So yeah, I think it's often kind of like we find this funny because we're trekkies, but it doesn't kind of then come
3: across to everyone else. Especially if it's so hard to spot as well. I didn't notice that.
0: It's it's such an odd choice. Especially considering that, like, everyone else in the world is... I can't really say grounded, because obviously there are things like... We're here, we, there's loads of news crews outside the North Pole where Santa himself is going to give a press conference. But it's very much, they, they're at least grounded on Earth. There's no one is like, sort of interstellar levels. So I'm just unsure why, like... These guys are just randomly rocking up for like a random diner in the middle of like what the the just frozen land, just why?
1: Some interesting trivia there, and a very interesting film. Uh, we've talked about Olive, uh, the other reindeer, Robin, Robin, and Angela's Christmas. So uh, now we will undertake our usual task: deciding what film uh, deserves a place, if any, of them in, in our movie vault. Our vault that encapsulates good, bad, and mediocre films for all time. So for new listeners and guests, we like to think of this as a time capsule of memorable movies for someone to find in the future. So should any of our chosen short films today gain the honor of a place in our movie vault and be remembered for all time? Chris, you're new here, so I'll go to you first. Uh, But obviously you and Mary might be biased in terms of what choices, but in terms of all three films, you know, one I know you haven't seen, but uh, what, what do you think?
3: I'd definitely pick Robin Robin of the two I've seen. Um, I, d- I didn't even necessarily dislike all of the other radio. I just think it was the, the total kind of, it was so all over the place. I was like, this is a bit of a wild uh, experience. Whereas Robin Robin is kind of so earnest and sweet. And um, I think people can go back to it more readily every Christmas. Uh, and, hope- and hopefully, and you know, with access on Netflix, hopefully it will become sort of a family favorite, you know. And so I think there's definitely rewatchability value there as well and I think the animation's good enough to hold up in the future if someone discovered it 10 years 20 years down the line I think it would still look impressive as all um, Ardman stuff does
1: yeah I think um, it's definitely the the idea that all of the other reindeer even if it's just okay or like yeah it's fine but it's just not even anything, like we said, where we kind of wanted it to push the boundaries or go different or go bold. It just kind of ended as a normal generic kind of Christmas special, which isn't even connected to, to anything else, which kind of lets it down. Uh, Mary, what, what, what's your thoughts?
2: I would happily put Robin Robin in the vault. I absolutely love it. If that's me, watched it a couple of times now and I'll probably watch it again before Christmas. I think you're right. It's got lots of rewatchability value. The messaging's great. The stop motion's fantastic. And it's just a really sweet and cozy
1: Cozy film, the exact type of film that you want for Christmas. And Craig, what, what do you think of uh, Olive's The Other Reindeer <laughs> potentially going in?
0: I mean, oh, definitely it's not going in. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying, to work, I'm trying to weigh up in my head wherever I go for the really snobby opinion and be like, you know what, I don't think any of these should go in insofar as I think these are like a different classification because at the point where we don't have any like TV or anything like that specifically in the vault, if I if I recall correctly.
1: I get, you got, you got things like, you know, Mask of the Phantasm, which, you know, did release theatrically. Which was released in yes, cinemas. Yes, I know, but I'm just saying it's, you know, seen as a kind of TV movie in some ways, but...
0: Well, no, that's that's <laughs> people being wrong. <laughs> yeah, I haven't decided to what extent I want to be that snob. Um, all I can say is, like, all of the other reindeer was... Uh, ironically, in such a cold film, was a fever dream so i could i definitely couldn't say whether that could go in
1: we did have charlie chaplin shorts go in if that helps (laughs) definitely not tv movies
0: yeah but that was like silent movie era though that's like that was a different landscape
1: i think out of them the robin robin like comes across most as a short film not just like oh a tv movie or something like that and i think the only thing that lets like angela's christmas down is one you know i guess is the kind of like affiliation to the kind of more famous story but also as we said it's just unfortunate that the animation can be more different even though it's a kind of like really sweet or sort of like important uh tale i think the robin robin strikes that balance as we said is the fact that there's good emotional beats there there's the strong visuals and animation style and as chris said it's you know something that hopefully could continue to sort of like impress people and become a you know a film favorite for families I think the fact that it comes across as a standalone short film um as many Christmas films do like I think like the snowman for me I wouldn't say that that's like a TV movie I think that that is like a short yeah I guess uh, out of uh out of the three in goes Robin Robin into our movie vault then
3: we're in the end
0: Okay, endgame time. Just to quickly check, how are you guys with Christmas puns? I'm
2: going to lose this anyway, so just go for it.
0: <laughs> okay, interesting. So this is a game that I've simply called Christmas Punzents. I, I couldn't think of a better one, so screw it. Basically, there are a number of different films, including this one, that basically derive their name from some form of Christmas or holiday-related pun. So what I'm going to do, um, I will say up front, a lot of these, I can't say all of them, but pretty much all of them are in some way like Hallmark Christmas films, uh, because, the you know, those monsters pump out like 20 odd a year. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read you a very brief synopsis of each of these films, and I want you to try and guess what you think the title of the movie is. Like I said, all of them in some way have some Christmas or holiday-related pun. Is everyone clear on the My rules? My body is ready. Cool. Okay. What I'll do is I'll have I'll have you send them to me privately on Zoom uh, so you basically have the chance to score a point each. Um, but before we do that, we need to know what it is that we we'll would be playing for. So, because we'll be going into a string of special episodes, including the endgame special, but also just sort of the uh like beginning of year, end of year, whatever you want to look at it sort of special. Uh this will not be playing for the opportunity to choose the film for our next episode. Instead what you'll be doing is playing for the opportunity to choose uh a film that goes into our sort of wild card collection that could be used at some point, probably during one of the specials. So we should have an idea of what it is that we could have going in there. So this doesn't have to be a Christmas film. It could basically be any film but we should probably have a year of what it is you'd like to put forward. So, Mary, give us a little tease. Tell us a little bit about the film that you'd like to suggest.
2: On the surface, this is a film that's about insurance, which makes it sound very boring. But this is a film from the early 40s, 1944, I believe, um, directed by one of the biggest directors of that era. And it has two lead actors who are very much playing against type.
0: Interesting. Thankfully, I think you're pitching this to the right audience, because I tend to be one of the people that I will happily watch a film about something that's perceived to be boring, because I think there's actually a lot of depth to it. Alright, fantastic. Uh, Chris, tell us a little bit about what you'd like to put forward.
3: So, mine is a heist film from the mid-90s uh, from one of the most celebrated directors working today. It's his debut film, um, and I think it's flown under the radar, so not a lot of, a lot of people would know This film from this director, I believe, became better known later. And it stars some actors who are very associated with this director and some of the score and soundtrack is very associated with him as well. And it's one of Scorsese's top 10 favorite films of the 90s.
0: Okay, you know what I just said about Mary's (laughs) film, about pitching this to the right audience? I think we now need to scrap that because I think you literally said the words that will win me over instantly. Uh, This is a heist film. So, David, (laughs) you can confirm this, yeah, that how much I love the heist film.
1: Yeah, as soon as you said that, I was just like, "Oh, these are like." But you know, I was thinking more of the line of like, "There's two, You know, Craig is you know happy with both choices. But yeah, as soon as I heard that, like when I watched the Rick and Morty heist episode, I was immediately like, "Craig, you need to watch this episode."
3: <laughs> yeah, I should qualify. It's not like one heist. It's kind of like several small ones. Really. Again,
0: you're you're. <laughs> so, there's only so there's only so much I can take here. Like. <laughs> I was going to make the Archer quote, but I thought David would not appreciate mm. the censorship for that. <laughs> so, there's seven in total, so there's a chance for both of you to earn seven points. David, are you ready to keep score? Uh, yes. Okay. So, plot number one. While spending Christmas time with her with her mother in Switzerland, an architect meets a single father who shows her how to open herself up to love and forgiveness during the holiday season. So I'll read that again. While spending Christmas time with her mother in Switzerland, an architect meets a single father who shows her how to open up, uh, open herself up to love and forgiveness during the holiday season.
3: No idea on this. So I'll have some fun guesses. Okay.
0: We have two suggestions from Mary so far. What
2: oh, the winter tale.
0: Okay, I mean, I will make you choose which one you actually want to uh, submit as your official answer.
2: I'll go for the second one because I think it's funnier. (laughs) But I know it's not right.
0: Okay, so let's start with Then, What have you gone for?
2: A Star is Baron. Oh, yeah, because it's set in Switzerland.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Chris, what did you go for?
2: I mean,
3: Falling for Christmas, that new Lindsay Lohan film, but I've kind of got the wrong gist of it slightly i think okay
0: so so we'll start start with chris is it falling for christmas it is unfortunately not so is it a star is burn what's really frustrating is mary's identified that the pun is going to be because it's about it's set in switzerland David, do you have an idea of what the film might be? Is this
1: like near to our mascot's name? Kind of, yeah. Uh, so something to do with Swiss Lodge. Well, Swiss. Okay, well. But no about that. The
0: film is Merry
1: Swissmas. Oh god. Oh, it's wow. So obvious! <laughs> yeah. It's so annoying. Everyone was kind of like, oh, architect, and like you know, it's like, no, it was just that basic. Wow. Yeah. It was
0: literally just Merry Swissmas. Terrible. Okay. So, plot number two. To prove her app for busy professionals to find dates to important events without romantic commitment is a success, inventor Molly Hoffman jointed herself around the Christmas season only to be matched with a disastrous past date. So, it's to prove that her app for busy professionals... To find dates to important events without romantic connection, uh, commitment is a success. Inventor Molly Hoffman joins herself around the Christmas season, only to be matched with a disastrous past date.
2: For some reason, I have the tender swim blood in my head.
0: <laughs> okay, we'll start with Mary
2: again. So I went for Ghosts of Christmas Past.
3: Ghosts of Christmas Past. Okay, Uh Chris. Uh, Mingle all the way I've gone for Okay Uh,
0: Just checking, are both of these guesses from you Or do either of you have knowledge of this Of this film potentially existing Well it does exist but What it could be
3: I think I've vaguely heard of this film So I thought it fitted the uh, the bill Okay,
0: so we'll start with Is it Ghosts of Christmas Past Is it Mingle all the way It is Mingle all the
3: way Well done
0: yeah, so that's why when trying to read through it again, I try to really emphasise it's like this connection app thing.
3: Yeah, initially thought holiday, and then I thought no, it doesn't quite fit. So I do I've been reading about Christmas films this year, and, I, and okay. this was one I have read about, and so it.
0: Okay, there's a very good chance that more films that you've directly read about might be coming up. So this this could be interesting.
1: Mm. Think of the puns. <laughs> Number
0: three, while vying for the same window decorating job. At a popular department store. During the holiday season. The serious Sloan Van Doren. And easygoing Jake Dooley. Begin to realize they are not so different. From each other after all. So that's. While vying for the same window decorating job. At a popular department store. During the holiday season. Serious Sloan Van Doren. And easygoing Jake Dooley. Begin to realize they are not so different. From each other after all.
2: So sorry. <laughs>
0: I mean, there's a possibility I like these titles more than the actual title <laughs> it, is, So don't apologize. Okay, we'll start with we'll start with Chris this time.
3: Gone for a silent fight. Okay, partially just go like the rhyme, but also I kind of thought it fits. With you know, there's a, ba- a battle going on for the the position. Okay, okay. probably wrong though.
0: No, so, I mean it's an interesting perspective. It could be right. Uh, Mary's gone for a slightly different one. So what have you gone for?
2: so bad in brackets window dressing for love because they're window dressers no
1: <laughs> i was thinking something like down the lines of window dressing to be fair so yeah. i was like what what could we have with that
0: so let's go through the answers is it silent fight is it window dressing for love however the correct answer is Window Wonderland. Ah. So it is about windows. Oh. So I'm going to award Mary with half a point because at least I didn't identified window.
2: I will take your pity. Thank
1: you. I want Window Dressing I, for I Love mo- to be a song. Like that sounds like a number one yeah. right there.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> number 4. Fed up with being single on holidays. Two strangers agree to be each other's platonic plus ones. All year long. Only to catch real feelings along the way. So that's fed up with being single on holidays. Two strangers agree to be each other's platonic plus ones. All year long. Only to catch real feelings along the way. So we have one. uh... Oh no, we have both answers in. So we'll start with with,
3: uh, Chris again. Yeah, uh, I went for holiday because I haven't seen it, but this fits what that is about.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned it earlier as well, so the name is already sort of in your head, presumably. Mary, what did you go for?
2: Single all the way. Ah, so good. sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, I
0: think it's a very. I think it's a very You have good to part.
1: be, you know, like unapologetic about that. Sort of yeah,
0: you have to just go for it. I mean, lots of these people are so. <laughs> I mean, I really like the name single all the way.
1: It's wrong, but
0: I do really like (laughs) it as a title. Um, Is it "Holidays"? It is "Holidays." So when you said it earlier, I looked at my list and I was like, oh God, if he's seen the same list that I have, then this is going to be a short
3: game. I haven't seen it though, but I might add it to the list, I don't know. I...
0: Look, I'm not going to recommend any of these. I mean, there's one name that's coming up which is like really really painful is it number five we will see so next up we have dylan neal stars as henry ross a san francisco culinary expert who once again teams up with a with detective maggie price to investigate a death within a feuding wealthy family So that's Dylan Neal stars as Henry Ross, a San Francisco culinary expert who once again teams up with Detective Maggie Price to investigate a death within a feuding wealthy family.
1: There's a lot going on in that film.
2: It doesn't say very And yet still supposedly
0: Christmas.
2: (laughs) It's isn't that a Christmas pun I've just realised. It's just worse. <laughs> now, nah, do you know what I'll leave it as, as? I'm losing confidently. Okay. So I think this
0: is an interesting round. I think you'll, i I think you'll see what I mean when we reveal the answers. So let's start with Mary. What's your, what's your title?
2: Well, not Christmasy. I've gone for a recipe for murder because he's a culinary expert. They're investigating a yep. day. Eh, best I can do.
0: Okay, and then Chris, what have you gone for?
3: I was trying to think of a food related pun, I've just put Christmas dinner. So interesting so in a in a round where we we're looking
0: for Christmas puns, one of you has given us a a non Christmas and the other one's given a non pun. Um unfortunately you are both incorrect. The exact name of the film is Eat, Drink and Be Buried. <laughs> oh wow. my Lord. Oh my lord. <laughs> Specifically specifically it's Eat, Drink and Be Buried, A Gourmet Detective
1: Mystery. That certainly does cover. That does cover all the elements we were discussing. I was like, what culinary expert in a murder (laughs) with a wealthy family? Yeah. Yeah. Um literally, it's it's a series
0: of seven films that there are like various different mysteries. All of them have this detective Maggie Price. This is the second one. With uh, the culinary expert Henry Ross.
1: Well, Mary knows. I actually had to
0: remove the words once again.
1: Mary and Chris know what they're doing this Christmas. (laughs) Sam film marathon.
2: (laughs) He's honestly going to be so excited. (laughs) Forget Die Hard. Forget all the classics. We're going on seven Hallmark films.
0: (laughs) Yep. The various different detective mysteries. All right. Next up. A woman builds a snowman, and a little Christmas magic brings her frozen creation to life. She is a true romantic, finally getting her chance at the storybook romance she's always dreamed of. Okay, we'll start with, we'll start with Chris. I, I,
3: uh, there's a few puns I was thinking of, like the Snow Prince or something like that. Okay, so you've gone for the Snow Prince. Mary?
2: snow better time for romance
3: so
0: is it the snow prince is it snow better time for romance i'm again mary you're going to get like some points off me because the actual name of the film is snowman's
2: Okay. Oh, oh, why is all
0: those extra words? <laughs> so you literally have the words "snow" and "romance" in your answer. So I am going to give you another half point, but you just added too much for me to be like, "Yeah, you're exactly right." So yeah, the film is literally just called Snowman's. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so silly, <laughs> I know. So this is our final, final question. A corporate workaholic wakes up in an alternative universe, married to her childhood sweetheart, and is confused about this. Presumably this film takes place over Christmas. Because the synopsis never says this, but all the marketing material implies it, so I just want to make it very clear this is still like a Christmas-based film. (laughs) Okay, we will um My my apologies, I'm usually more professional than this. Um we'll start with we'll start with Chris.
3: F- falling for Snow One. <laughs> falling for Snow One.
0: An ex an excellent Christmas pun. Um Mary, what have what have you gone for? So I
2: kinda of really struggled on the pun front, so I just think this woman is clearly burnt out and needs therapy, miss? Yeah, sure.
0: (laughs) Okay. Is it falling for snow one? Is it this woman is clearly burnt out and needs therapy must Sure. The answer is holidays.
1: Oh what
0: (laughs) Yeah, as in dazed and confused. Terrible.
1: So lazy. Yeah.
3: The days got like that, I'm scared.
1: Yeah.
0: So, that comes to the end. So, David, talk us through the final scores.
1: So, um, getting the two half points meant that Mary had one point, but uh, Chris came out on top with two. Hey. Congratulations,
0: Chris. So, at this point, uh, you now get the decision of what film will go forward into our sort of little uh, wild card box. Uh, it can be your film. It, it can be uh, Mary's film is completely your choice. So, which film would you like to to put forward
3: forward the one that i was alluding to earlier okay which is uh wes anderson's bottle rocket
0: bottle rocket excellent so i must admit as much as i love heist movies i do need to actually deep uh, dig deeper into the catalog myself so i've not come across this one but if it's wes anderson i'm i'm thoroughly intrigued by the premise already
3: i'd say it's his most uh genre film because normally his films are kind of hard to pin down. Yeah, this feels very much like a crime and a heist film, and it has Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson in it. I think it's from nineteen ninety six, and it's got some of the bands he then you know plays a lot, yeah, uh, like the Kinks and the Rolling Stones and stuff like that. And it feels quite accomplished for a debut. It still feels like he's kind of honing his with Anderson ness, but yeah. in a way that makes it more interesting as well because it's quite raw and slightly different.
0: Okay, well, I'm definitely intrigued by that. Hopefully, I get to uh, watch it for the uh, for the podcast at some point. So, David, if people are too eager and they don't want to wait for this film to necessarily come up, is there a way in which they could view
1: it? Uh, yeah, you can check it out on most rental services. So, Apple, Chili, Amazon, all of those kind of places, uh, you can go uh, rent it. Um, or possibly, there'll be some physical media releases out there somewhere as well. Um, but yeah, if you want to check that out, uh, even if it doesn't make it from our sort of lucky dip, sort of draw in the future, or if we pull from that uh, collection uh, another time, then uh, yeah, you can go still check it out and uh, see all the fuss that uh, Chris was talking about there. So yeah, thank you for, for that suggestion, Chris. We'll have our debut of uh, What is Chosen at the end of the year to sort of start off our next uh, chain of movies for next year. And um, I'm sure any of the films that are in that kind of collection um, are going to be a fantastic start. So yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us on our Christmas episode. It's been lots of fun, lots of variety there, talking about some very different films. You know, we're talking about Dancing Robins, all being felt characters. We've got some heroin there stories set in ireland associated with angela's ashes and then we got just a very bizarre strange olive the other reindeer Uh, but thank you for talking to us all about them it's definitely been a very interesting and and kooky conversation and yeah well done on uh, the end game performances there's some fantastic puns um and if anyone at home checks out any of those movies do let us know especially if you go through the the binge of uh the mystery movies that 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 one sounds very interesting uh please do let us know uh where can the people find you chris first of all uh like i said well done on the end game win there uh but where can the people find you in terms of your writing and your socials
3: yeah so i'm uh chris connor 96 uh, at chris connor 96 on twitter while it lasts and i need to just remember my uh got some new logins in case all goes <laughs> uh, uh, message on hi you've done it <laughs> Uh, Hive was one, hang on, which I think is cri- at Crisco96, which is also my uh, Instagram. So you can find my ramblings about all things pop culture there. Cool.
1: And any um, cool articles you got com- uh, coming up or there's been coming
3: ho- up? Hopefully, got some bits around uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio, Ooh. which is dropping on uh, Netflix uh, next week, I think. So all being well, I spoke to the uh, head puppet designer last week, and that should be live at some point uh, this week, hopefully. And hopefully the composer, Alexandre Desplat, as well, who's one of my all-time favorite composers. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: He is great. I was actually walking through London the other day, as I said before, when um, the Music came in my head from Deathly Hallows when it's like the Ministry of Magic. I always think of that when people are like shuffling around and going through the like work routine. Uh, Mary, where can the people catch yourself and uh, yeah, any any projects you've been up to recently?
2: I haven't migrated off Twitter yet, so I'm just at Miss Peas there and on Instagram as well. Um, we've got a couple of movie scramble pods coming out that we've recorded recently. Um, All Quiet in the Western Front being the sort of bigger one, which is just one of the best jobs I've seen in a long time. On jump cut just now, I've got a couple pieces that I'm really proud of. One is an introduction to German expressionist cinema ahead of a uh, Nosferatu being remade, and I have a nice little gender politics piece on nice guys in the film Barbarian.
1: Ooh, okay, so yeah, lots of uh, lots of big stuff coming out there, and uh, yeah, lots of deep dives into the classic stuff as well, which is, is is awesome. So that that's the great thing as well is you can have something like Pinocchio, which is like coming up now, but then you can still go back and watch like nosratu and all those like classics which just don't go away they they always stick yeah anything lastly from yourself craig merry christmas to all and then all
0: whatever i don't know (laughs) dancing dogs in the sky or whatever like whatever people are enjoying for christmas these days
1: you're punned out at this stage so yeah right well thank you everyone like how
0: are you gonna beat like eat eat drink and be buried like come on like (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's definitely one to, to watch for the future but yeah thank you Evan for listening yeah have a wonderful christmas uh like i said i hope uh, whoever you're with or whatever you're doing lots of fun things you can be watching as we've mentioned throughout this entire episode and uh yeah lots of uh, great moments to, to sort of catch up uh, on some of the movies we've been watching the entire year Watch some of the uh, short films and TV specials that we've been talking about today. Uh, maybe some of the pun-filled films that we've been discussing in the endgame. And yeah, once again, like I said, please, if you are able to, if you go over to our Just Given page, Well Good Movies, uh, we have our uh, donation page there for uh, our endgame special, which will be next time. We've got a team, all teams, coming up and they're facing off against each other in a fun animal-themed uh, end game is going to be lots of fun and yeah we'll be back in the new year where we sort of recap our movie vault and we talk about all the things that have gone in and haven't made it in over the past year and then we will have that film that is chosen from that random collection uh, which will start us off for next year so thank you once again mary and chris and uh, yeah everyone at home have a very merry christmas and we'll see you next time Bye-bye. bye, see ya. bye keep up with the latest episodes of Well Good Movies, you can listen to us on all your usual podcast outlets, including Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, and more. Don't forget to follow us, subscribe, and rate us where you can to keep our podcast growing. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at WellGoodMovies to keep up with the latest news and highlights from all our episodes, as well as tell us what movies you want to be discussed in the future. And if all of that isn't enough... You can also find us at our website freshtakehub.com slash wellgoodmovies where you can catch all our episodes along with videos and articles deep diving into the worlds of film and television. So what are you waiting for? Go check out the film we'll be discussing in next time's episode.
3: Baby Jesus, no more mess.